If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM, let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Guess what, Mango? What's that, Will? You will not believe what I found when I was looking through this old box of things from my childhood. So what's that? All right, I'm going to show it to you. You ready for this? What? Is that a calculator watch? That it is. <laughs> One of the most coveted items in elementary school back in the 80s. Were these a big deal in Delaware? Of course they were. They definitely were in Alabama. And you know where I got it? Where's that? The Sears catalog. Did you used to look through the old Sears catalog? Yeah, I used to thumb through it. Oh, man, it was so huge for us. And for some reason, I never saw it at my own house. I think my parents must have just been good at making it disappear or something. But at Mama's house, <laughs> you know, a grandmother has to have this on the uh, coffee table. She always had it sitting out. And I would thumb through, seriously, every page of it, circling <laughs> things like remote control cars, Thundercats figures. That's where I got the light bright. So many awesome toys in there. Yeah, there's really something so magical about it all, right? And did you uh, did you see my calculator watch? Oh, I get that on my face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as the holidays are approaching, we were talking about the old Sears catalog recently and, and wondering how did it become such a big deal and what are some of the weirdest things ever offered in it? And speaking of weird, we talked about doing this topic months ago, and it's just so strange that seriously, it's just by accident that this ends up publishing on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what we'll be talking about today. Let's get started. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Huffnickner. And sitting on the other side of the soundproof glass, Mango, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Tristan has this fancy new office chair out there. I, I think it's an executive's it. chair. It's like all high-backed <laughs> and everything. Wow, that's our friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. <laughs> and on today's show, we're ushering in the holiday shopping season with a fond look back at the golden age of Sears. Now, you know, it's no secret that the iconic American retailer has seen its better days. And in fact, there's a good chance you haven't stepped foot in a Sears store in quite some time. Or 
maybe even never at all. But, you know, with 131 years under the company's belt, we thought, why focus on the negative? Exactly. So instead, we're going to explore the solid 100 years or so when Sears was at the top of its game. And we'll cover some of the company's breakthrough ideas and try to get a sense of how a humble mail order service became this massive retail giant. You know, so... I want to mention up front that today's episode works as, as kind of a companion to the show we did on Amazon just a couple of weeks ago. And that's not to say that you have to have listened to that one. But no, there, you have to have listened to Oh, you to do? One. Okay, yeah. stop now. Go back and listen to that one. But, you know, there are all kinds of interesting parallels between the two companies. So I guess you are better off if you're up to date on Amazon. Yeah, and, and that's really one of the great things about a company as long-lived as Sears. Like, it takes on all this added historical value that makes it way more interesting than, like, your typical retail chain. So for younger companies, Sears is kind of this primer of what a business should and shouldn't do in order to weather the ups and downs of the American economy. But Sears's longevity also makes it useful in other ways, too. Like, take the company's famous catalogs. Those end up being these great visual records of how our society's styles and habits have changed over the last century and a half. Yeah, it was interesting reading up on this, something I had not thought about before. But often producers will use Sears catalogs as references when they're working on period films or Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. You know, they're also a good way to find costumes or props that are true to the era being depicted. And it's not just Hollywood either. You know, historians rely on the catalogs to look back and kind of get an accurate timeline of when certain products or styles first appeared. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And those catalogs are such a big part of the Sears legacy. We should definitely talk more about them. But first, I want to go back to the pre-catalog days and get a sense of how Sears really got its start. All right. So I'll set the scene here. It's, it's 1886, and you've got a 22-year-old man named Richard Sears. And he's working as a telegraph operator and a station agent at a railroad in Minnesota. It's kind of a boring job, but the downtime allows Sears to start a side gig, and he's selling lumber and coal just to kind of supplement his income. Well, one day a shipment of pocket watches comes in, but the local jeweler refuses to sign for it. Now, it's pretty common in those days that, that companies would send these unsolicited merchandise to small-town retailers. They'd, they'd act like it was this accidental shipment and then say, you know, but you can have it at this deeply discounted price. <laughs> but he sends this opportunity for this new side business. So... Sears buys the unwanted watches well below cost for himself. He then proceeds to sell to other railroad workers up and down the line over the next few months. He turned this $50 investment into a $5,000 profit. Yeah, it's an amazing story. So let me pick it up here. He's emboldened by that kind of result, right? So Sears decides to take a stab at the American dream. He quits his job, orders more watches, and then starts the RW Sears Watch Company within six months. Then a year later, his business is booming. So he moves the company to Chicago, and he starts producing this mail-order catalog. Now, admittedly, the Sears catalog starts small. It's less than 100 pages, and it advertises nothing but watches. Wow, 100 I, pages of watches. Yeah, but, but, but then it also guarantees something revolutionary, and that's the first ever unconditional money-back guarantee. So as many times you see that, like on TV or whatever, this all started with Sears. Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. I mean, it's a great idea from a marketing perspective, no question. And, you know, it added a nice sense of security to the prospect of these people really kind of seeing it as sending strangers money through the mail. And But but in practice, this revolutionary policy turned into a huge headache for I Sears. It happened pretty quickly. I mean, he was making thousands of dollars from watch sales each month, but the cost of these refunds and the replacements, it really started to eat into these profits. But he was pretty smart about it. So what he did next was he hired someone to repair the defective watches, which would make it much cheaper than, you know, for, for him to be able to honor this guarantee. Right. So that's when Alvar Roebuck enters the picture. He's this watchmaker and repairman who 
He quickly becomes Sears' full-blown partner, and together they expanded the business to include all sorts of other products. So you've got jewelry, then sporting goods, quickly moves into clothing, bicycles, uh, you know, lots of household products. You don't want to name every single one of them? <laughs> I could. So uh, actually at this point, was, was Sears still all mail order or had they already entered the physical store space as well? Yeah, so Sears actually didn't open a brick and mortar store until 1925. For its first 30 years, it was strictly a catalog company, and that was a great business model for them because nearly two-thirds of the country's population lived in these rural regions. This was back in the 1890s. But they decided to capitalize on this newly completed railroad system, and through that, Sears and Roebuck were able to build this loyal customer base in parts of the country that had the most untapped market potential. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the biggest competition for mail order in those days came from these general stores scattered through American small towns. And because most of those were either understocked or overpriced, they really weren't that much of a threat. Well, yeah. I mean, if anything, the general stores were the ones in danger. In fact, I read that the store owners in some towns started offering prizes to local kids who would bring in copies of the Sears catalog. <laughs> and it wasn't that the shopkeepers were interested in, like, studying the competition or matching their prices. They just wanted to get all these things and then have these huge public bonfires where they would burn all the catalogs. <laughs> That's pretty extreme. But, I mean, uh, Sears' stated goal was to save consumers' money by cutting out the middlemen, and those general stores were the middlemen. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't Sears' only competition. They'd already come under attack from other mail-order retailers like, you know, Montgomery Ward. Mm -hmm. They'd actually been selling city goods to rural clients for about 20-plus years before Sears got into the business. That's right, Montgomery Ward. I mean, it has less of a presence today than Sears, so it, it's kind of easy to forget that they were actually the first on this mail-order scene. Yeah, and as you'd expect, the companies were rivals from the start, though Sears grew so rapidly that it started to outpace Montgomery Ward in the 1890s. And by 1900, Sears' sales had reached $10 million versus Ward's about $9 million. I mean, the rivalry had grown unfriendly by that point, too. So, you know, Sears supposedly made his catalog shorter and narrower so that uh, they'd stick out from the Ward catalogs. Like when customers would stack the catalogs at home, the smaller Sears catalog would always end up on top. Oh, that's pretty clever. I was trying to figure out how that worked, but that, mm -hmm. that makes sense. All right. So, so obviously the railroad was a big part of Sears' success, as was the case for many American companies of that era. But we should give a shout out to the postal system, which, you know, it gave mail order companies a huge boost in 1896. And that's when the Postal Service started guaranteeing mail to all rural areas. So no matter where someone lived, they were allowed to get their mail there. And so it made it much easier for Sears and its competitors to get their catalogs into these homes of even the most out-of-the-way customers. Of course, the Postal Service didn't start shipping packages until you know a few years later in 1913. So customers still had to go to their nearest railroad station in order to pick up their orders. But, you know... Getting the catalogs at home at least saved them the trouble of having to go to these distant post offices or hire private carriers just to, to bring them their mail. Definitely. And I, I can't imagine having to walk miles to a post office just to pick up, like, what we think of as junk mail today. Yeah, you know, it is, it's interesting to think of it that way now. But those catalogs were, were not considered junk mail at all in the 19th century. I mean, they actually served a purpose not too dissimilar from how we use the Internet today. You know, you've got anywhere at any time. People could flip through the pages of a catalog and learn about a new piece of technology or some breakthrough product, and then they could buy it for themselves if they wanted to. And in fact, that's another way the postal system helped the mail order industry. So they allowed Sears catalog to be shipped for just one cent per pound because they were considered public aids in the spread of knowledge. 
<laughs> I know. I mean, that sounds silly at first. Like, what could be crasser than a company trying to pass off advertisements as some sort of educational service? But I guess if you put yourself in the shoes of someone living in the middle of Wyoming way back in the 1890s, like a Sears catalog really would be this window to a world you wouldn't otherwise see. Yeah. And the catalogs were definitely meant to advertise products and make money, but consumer education was in the mix as well. Yeah, and you know, you sometimes hear that Sears taught Americans how to shop, and th there's clearly some truth to that. You know, for millions of shoppers, the Sears catalog was kind of their first introduction to mail-order services. And for better or worse, the catalog also played a role in the development of you know, America's consumer culture. Yeah, that sounds right to me, it's, especially when you look at how the catalog ballooned year after year as more products were added. I mean, in the early 1900s, the Sears catalog was over 500 pages and at its peak in 1915, the general merchandise catalog had swelled to over 1,200 pages. Whoa, nine-year-old Will would have been so jealous of that. <laughs> so many pages. So many circles. Yeah. So it included 100,000 items, weighed four pounds, and brought the company over $100 million in annual sales. Good Lord. So wait, you said that the catalog's peak was in 1915? So it started shrinking after that? It was more than 100 years ago. Yeah, so the nation had urbanized quite a bit by then, and cars were becoming the rage, and suddenly rural consumers were moving to cities where easy access to stores lessened their need for mail-order services. And Sears kept track of the shifting market until 1925 when it responded by opening their first physical department stores. Yeah, and it's it's worth mentioning that by by this point, Richard Sears and Alva Roebuck were, were out of the picture. I mean, Roebuck had sold his interest in the company decades earlier, and Sears had retired back in 1908, passed away in 1914. So rather than Sears himself, the company's hugely successful foray into brick and mortar was really overseen by General Robert E. Wood. Now, he was a military man that might seem like a little bit of a random pick, but he'd actually been a procurement officer back in the Panama Canal project. So he did have a lot of logistics background and other background that really helped him think about how the company would grow. There's actually an historian here in Atlanta named Jerry Hancock, and he was on an episode of uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class, which you guys should check out. It was a really, really interesting episode. But he talks about Wood's contribution in this way. He says, Basically, what Wood did was he set up a territory system and divided the nation into five territories. He supplied those five territories by these 10 distribution plants combined with retail stores. And if you go, you can still see the remnants of these plants and how they fill orders with these huge conveyors, these big spiraling chutes. Each floor would get a ticket for whatever items, and they would have the merchandise divided by floor. And they would fill each order, and in the bottom would be this massive mailroom where all the items would be collected and bundled together. And then literally on the back of the building was a railroad. They would put the items into the train and ship them out. I mean, it's an amazing process. And it sounds so ahead of its time. But full disclosure, Will and I actually work in one of Wood's old distribution plants here in Atlanta. And nowadays it's this mixed-use facility, but you can still find traces of the building's industrial past here. And it's a great place to work with a great ramen restaurant downstairs. <laughs> and so, uh, General Wood, we salute you. Okay, so I, I know we're getting into Sears brick-and-mortar phase now, but if I'm honest, I'm not really ready to leave the catalog behind just yet. So what do you say we take a break, and, and then we can check out some of the craziest stuff to ever grace the Sears catalog? Sounds like a plan to me. Thinking 
of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing Watson X Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. You're listening to Part-Time Genius, and we're talking about how Sears managed to build a retail empire on the foundation of mail-order catalogs. All right, Mango, so what's one of the weirdest products you came across while rummaging through your huge collection of old <laughs> Sears catalogs? So this might be cheating, but I actually found a bunch of these really outrageous medicines, you know, the quackery that uh, was all the rage in the 19th century America. All right. Well, first of all, if you preface something by saying this might be cheating, it most definitely is <laughs> cheating, but... I'm always game for some medical quackery, so so what did you find out? So one of the absolute worst remedies has to be this one offered in the spring 1898 catalog. It's called Brown's Vegetable Cure for Female Weakness. <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> Which, can you imagine trying to market something like that today? <laughs> I can't imagine that would go over very well, no. Yeah, so I, I have no clue what was even in the stuff, but Sears sold it in big bottles for 60 cents a pop. And according to the write-up, it could cure everything from menstrual cramps to back pain to really terrifying stuff. So here's some of the quotes. It cures, quote, a dread from some impending evil, <laughs> <laughs> a craving for unnatural food, wow, and sparks before the eyes. So if you have a craving for unnatural food, you could just, you know, have some of this Brown's vegetable cure for female weakness. <laughs> Takes care of that. This is so weird. I don't remember hearing about any epidemics of sparks before the eyes. <laughs> Such a strange thing. Yeah, so you might be right. And the ad lists like 50 symptoms that supposedly treats. Another terrible product. This is uh, also aimed at female customers. It was Dr. Rose's French Arsenic Complexion Wafers. All right, now that just sounds made up. <laughs> I know I had to read it because I couldn't remember it, but I wish it was. It is not made up. These were toxic wafers that promised to rejuvenate, quote, even the coarsest and most repulsive skin. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew they were toxic, too, because the very first words in the ad copy are, quote, perfectly harmless in big, bold print. <laughs> not suspicious at all, yeah. I like how they draw attention to the fact that these aren't your typical run-of-the-mill arsenic wafers. You know, like you might just find around the corner. I mean, these these are French arsenic wafers, Ooh so la la. you can poison. <laughs> yeah, you can poison yourself in style here. Yeah. So the ad tries to distract from the poison with all these references to the magical effects of the wafers and how users will experience quote the wizard's touch. <laughs> so weird. Sears must have been pretty confident because they recommended women start ordering them a dozen boxes at a time. 
which would have been 1,200 arsenic wafers. Wow, that is a lot of arsenic. But, I mean, you do have to remember, it was French arsenic, so I'm, I'm sure it was fine. So, All right, well, while women seem to have the lion's share of these dubious remedies inflicted on them, men were also on the receiving end of a few of these, at least. So I found one example. The fall of 1902, Sears catalog advertised this belt, and it sent electrical currents through a guy's groin in order to provide, quote, the best, most reliable, most harmless, yet powerful, cheapest cure possible. <laughs> so that's obviously a ton of qualifiers, but what was it supposed to cure exactly? I mean, like, whatever ails your groin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as usual with these medical ads, the write-up is short on details and super long on this bizarre wording and these impossible claims. Like, there was this promise to cure a weak or deranged nervous system. <laughs> <laughs> So I found another. It's called Curtis's Consumption Cure, or the Triple C. Triple C. And it just straight up promises to cure tuberculosis. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. I, you know, Sears is pretty lucky that the FTC wasn't around back then because I can't imagine any of this stuff would have flown now. So you know what the strangest part is? So according to the company... Richard Sears wrote just about every line of copy in the catalogs. But you're kidding, right? No, it's true. All right. Well, there was this funny 1902 ad for something called a toilet mask. So I'm impressed by his copywriting <laughs> skills. So the acid cured rubber is said to be coated with just healing agents. Wait, so is the acid supposed to improve your complexion like the arsenic wafers? Well, the acid is supposed to burn off things like freckles and liver spots. So I Sort of, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know that I call acid burns an improvement over freckles, though. <laughs> okay, so most of these are pretty disturbing products. So I'll go ahead and mention another that kind of fits the bill. Apparently in 1902, the Sears catalog offered a set of illustrated lecture slides that depicted, quote, realistic views of the assassination of President McKinley. Oh, God. Yeah, customers could relive the national tragedy from the comfort of their living rooms oh, using the handy stereo opticon slide projector, which was also available through Sears. That is horrible. I mean, I, I do feel I need to point out that Sears also sold some pretty wholesome things through the catalogs, too. So, for example, in the 1930s, Sears advertised live baby chicks for sale. Each chick cost 10 cents. And the company actually guaranteed they'd be delivered safe and alive or your money back. <laughs> well, I, I like this positive direction you're heading in, but I want to drag us back into the mud because okay. I have to mention one of my favorite all-time uses for the Sears catalog, which is that they provided the nation's toilet paper of choice in the late 19th century. So that Sears was selling toilet paper by mail? No, the catalogs themselves used to be the go-to choice when rural Americans had to... You know. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, and believe it or not, the paper pages of the catalog were actually a big step up for most people. For those who didn't have a lot of expendable paper on hand in the late 1800s, corn cobs were the next best option, or maybe a mussel shell if you happen to live near the coastline. Oh, I was trying to figure out which of those sounds worse, but I, I don't really even want to go down that path, so let's just not talk about that. <laughs> exactly. Which is why people were so happy when Sears started sending them giant free catalogs twice a year. And supposedly, we looked at this, a single catalog could meet the outhouse needs of a farm family for an entire season. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you can imagine just how upset folks were when the company switched from cushy, absorbent newsprint to this unforgiving, coated paper stock. Apparently, Sears got quite a few angry letters from customers who would have gladly swapped the catalog's fancy color pictures for, you know, a return to the softer stuff. <laughs> I love that people wrote in letters about that. <laughs> Well, we mentioned earlier that Sears catalogs were something of a teaching tool in the early days of the company. It kind of, you know, served as some of the public's first introduction to new technologies like the electric sewing machine, the disc graphophone, and the baby gate even. 
And cars were actually another thing I was surprised to learn the catalog introduced to the public. So the company offered a tiny car. It was called the um, Sears Motor Buggy. And this was in the fall 1909 catalog. The buggy could actually reach speeds of up to 25 miles per hour. And it cost just under $400, which is about $10,000 today. Oh, wow. That's pretty pricey for Sears. I don't think I ever circled that one in the catalog. <laughs> well, speaking of expensive, I, I know this is kind of jumping ahead a bit, but I saw this ad from Sears in 1981. It was for the very first VCR model, and it cost $1,125. I mean, that's close <laughs> to $3,000 today. I know it's expensive, but how else were you going to watch Ernest Goes to Jail? That's true. <laughs> actually, I can remember the first time I watched a movie on a VCR was we actually rented the VCR. I think it was from Blockbuster Video uh-huh. so that we could watch a movie at home. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, there's at least one item from the early Sears catalogs that has only gone up in value over the years, and I do want to make sure that we talk about it. But But first, let's take a quick break. Okay, Mango, we've got one of our listeners on the line to play a quiz with us today. Uh, Stephen is joining us from the state of Washington. Welcome to Part-Time Genius, Stephen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Now, you're the second person that we've spoken to this week That's that works an overnight shift. Earlier in the week, we spoke to uh, a truck driver who picks up milk from 15 different Amish communities in the state of Maryland, and you've been working the graveyard shift. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I uh, I operate some five-axis CNC machines, some of the largest in the world, actually, um, and it's it's pretty awesome. So you do a little of that, Mango, don't you? The five-axis yeah, CNC machines, yeah, but mostly on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be playing a quiz with you today. What quiz are we playing, Mango? We're gonna play a game called Real Sears Catalog Item or Something We Made Up. All right. So, Stephen, we are going to give you six quiz questions, and you just have to tell us whether it's a real item we found in a Sears catalog or something we made up. You ready to play? Ready as ever. All right. So the first one is a mix-at-home aftershave. It's for people who love Old Spice but would prefer to add some of their own spices. Was this a real Sears catalog item or something we made up? You know, I I believe that that was a real thing, and uh, that'd be pretty interesting, actually. It I'm would be pretty interesting, but this one actually isn't true. They they should have had it. There were some far weirder things in there. That's okay. Yeah, seriously, I'd, I'd buy that, yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right. All right, question number two. A luxury 12-bird birdhouse. Was this something real in a Sears catalog or something we made up? Hmm. It's definitely, it has a hint of mango in there. <laughs> but um, I, th- I think I might have actually seen that at my grandma's neighbor's house. So I'm going to go maybe real. He's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right. He's right. It, it's uh, it's absolutely true. The ventilated cubicles were supposed to encourage a family of Martins to join your own. All right. OK, he's coming back. Right. We're one out of two. Still got plenty of time for the big prize. Question number three. A do-it-yourself home delivery kit for mothers who don't want to bother with a doctor until they need to. It's called a do-it-yourself home delivery kit. Was this true or something we made up? Uh, you know, I, it seems a little strange, but you know what? I, I think, I, you know, 
I'd, I'd buy that. I think that's realistic <laughs> enough. I, I, I like that you'd buy it. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the sale. It is true. I see that it's true here, Mango. But what was what was in it? I know it, it actually came with uh, rubber sheets, breast binders, antiseptic soap, and olive oil. And I, I think it came with gloves as well. Wow, all stuff I keep in my backpack anyway. Yeah. So this is great. All right, so Stevens, two for three. Sure. All right, question number four: castrating knives. Castrating <laughs> knives. Is this true or something we made up? You know, I kind of don't want that to be true. <laughs> but it kind of might uh, be, but we'll see. You know, I, I think if, as long as it's not for humans, I think that's, I'd, I, I'd believe that. Yeah, it's true. So at the time, the Sears catalog also sold farming equipment as well as things like baby chickens and donkeys. And the knives uh, actually came with one, two, or three blades. Wow. Just to be as surprised as the listeners, sometimes I like to come in without having seen the quizzes before, and this is one of those. When I saw <laughs> castrating knives, I was like, all right, Mango, what kind of mood were you in this morning? All right, Steven. That's right. Steven is three out of four. Let's see. The next one is a bald eagle toupee kit, a fun for all ages yarn assembly kit to make the most patriotic of birds better looking. Was this actually in a Sears catalog or something we made up? You know, that's that that sounds a little mango esque, I'd say. I'd, I'd, I'd say that's made up. Man, he's got you figured out, mango. Yeah. You're right. All right, last one for the big prize here. Walk and wear hair dryers. It's like drying your hair at a beauty salon except on the go. A walk and wear hair dryer. Is this true <laughs> or something we made up? You know, uh, I'm not sure exactly how that would work, except, well, I guess, I mean, you could probably have a portable powered one. I, 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 you know, I'd believe that. Yeah. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. Is this really true? It is true. It's true here. How does this work? Well, it was only so mobile. So, uh, it had this, uh, beehive bonnet wearable hairdryer that came with an eight foot extension cord. <laughs> See, you, could walk. you could walk eight feet. If you're on the go. That's great. Yeah, it actually reminds me one of our, our neighbors used to have one of those uh, electric or plug-in weed whackers, except the problem was is like the edge of his yard was five feet beyond where it stretched. <laughs> so we would watch him like get a running start with this thing and just like and run all the way to the end and get that last five feet and then have to come back and plug it in and then go do it again. It was pretty great. All right. So I have does... an extension cord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Mango, how did uh, Steven do today? Uh, Steven did great. He went five for six. And as always, our guest wins an official part-time genius, uh, certificate of genius along with a part-time genius t-shirt. So congratulations, Steven. All right, Steven, that was great. We're all wrapped up. Thanks again for uh, your patience and for joining us. Yeah, anytime. This was, <laughs> that was a, a great quiz, Mango. You really got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It was fun. Thanks all for right, being with well, Steven. Uh, enjoy your rest. Yes. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. See you guys. of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Okay, well, so you were going to tell us about this old-timey Sears product that's proven to be such a big investment? Well, maybe unsurprisingly, it, it's actually real estate, or, or more specifically, their mail-order houses. So Sears would actually send you a whole house. Uh, that's got to be this expensive shipping proposition, right? Well, I mean, not a whole house, but like all the pieces you need to build a house. Yeah, I mean, it was 1908, and the catalog included an ad that said, a $100 set of building plans for free. Let us be your architect without cost to you. And so customers then write in to request a free copy of a book called The Book of Modern Homes. And it was this separate catalog that listed the building materials and the plans for, I think it was for 44 different house designs that ranged in price from around $700 to about $4,000. Okay, so then what happens? Like a pile of lumber and stuff just shows up at your doorstep? Or <laughs> Wait, so if customers were building houses, where were they sending these houses to in the first place? Well, a few weeks after an order was placed, you'd have two boxcars full of about 30,000 house pieces that would show up <laughs> at the buyer's local train depot. Then the proud new homeowner would have to haul these pieces to the build site, you know, using a horse and wagon or maybe a flatbed truck. And so for that reason, most of these surviving Sears homes, that you'll find them located within just a couple of miles of these old railroad lines. Oh, that makes sense. But building a house seems like so much work. And forget about trying to haul like 30,000 pieces of something up a mountain. <laughs> Why do you think all these houses are up a mountain? But... <laughs> all right. So once all the pieces of the house were laid out, it was time for the homeowner to crack open their leather-bound instruction book and figure out how the heck to put the thing together. And so there was a lot to figure out, with each kit containing 22 gallons of paint and varnish and, and 750 pounds of nails. <laughs> Not only that, there was about 20,000 shingles there to use for the roof and siding. All of this in these giant kits. So that's going to be one thick instruction book, right? Actually, I was trying to look into this because I would have thought the same thing, and they were only 75 pages. That's not a lot of toilet paper. That's not. <laughs> but that's insane. So I, I can barely build my own IKEA, but... Wait, so you mentioned these surviving houses. How many of these were built? Well, according to Sears, the company sold between 70 and 75,000 mail-order homes during the 32 years that it offered them. And getting into the housing business in the early 20th century proved to be a really smart move for Sears. And the timing couldn't have been any better. So you had more and more Americans that were you know, trying to ditch the family farm in favor of this easier life in the suburbs. And the Sears catalog homes were an affordable way to make that switch. Mm. So... You know, today, though, buying a Sears Homes isn't nearly that affordable because there's this whole community of Sears Home enthusiasts. They, they try to hunt these down and catalog these housing relics. And all that interest can actually drive the prices way up. But we, we saw some when we were looking into this that were close to a million dollars for some of these larger wow. models. You know, it's not just the history that they're paying for because these houses are really well built and and super durable because the timber they were using was this old growth wood from back then, which you don't see used a whole lot now. In fact, you know, in fact, some enthusiasts estimate that as many as 70 percent of Sears catalog houses are still standing today. That's crazy. And I'm still blown away that there's this, this like uh, House Hunter Sears edition. But these people just drive around and look for Sears models. 
I mean, I think they're a little more methodical about it than that, but 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 more or less, yeah. I mean, it's something that company actually encourages too. The hmm. Sears Archive website even includes a running list of confirmed Sears house owners who are willing to get in touch with fellow enthusiasts, and that way they can share notes or maybe meet up for a tour, and of course, give each other a heads up if somebody ever decides to sell theirs. Which I guess isn't that likely. It is cool that these DIY houses are still out there. I, I mean, judging by the frequent Sears store closings and the sale of its iconic house brands like Craftsman Tools, it does feel like the company isn't long for the world at this point. And it feels like these homes that the company helped people build are now kind of this monument to its cultural impact. Yeah, I mean, it does make me wonder what else the company will leave behind, you know, besides this treasure trove of hilarious ads that we talked about. <laughs> well, I know one thing that'll definitely be part of Sears' legacy, and that's the NORAD Santa tracker. You know how every year the news stations report on Santa's progress as he makes his way from the North Pole to houses all over the world? Yeah, but I mean, what does that have to do with Sears? Well, back in 1955, one of Sears department stores placed an ad in a Colorado newspaper and it encouraged kids to call Santa on his private line so that they could tell him what they'd like for Christmas. But something apparently went wrong along the way. I, I don't know whether the phone number in the ad was misprinted or people simply misdialed. But at least one child wound up calling Santa and getting the Continental Air Defense Command instead. <laughs> and so the officer on duty who answered, his name was uh, Colonel Harry Shoup. He asked his staff to provide the caller and any future ones with the latest updates on Santa's progress. And a couple of years later, NORAD took over the duty, and they've been reporting on Santa's yearly flight ever since. That's pretty incredible that they got this serious agency to start a whole program devoted to tracking <laughs> Santa Claus. I know, and it's one area where Sears has uh, Amazon beat. Oh, that's true. Well, speaking of Amazon, I, I do want to quickly go back to the idea that Sears and Amazon are I don't know, kind of like mirror images of one another. So both companies rose to power by combining home delivery and an emerging technology now, for Sears, it was railroads, and for Amazon, it was the Internet. But, you know, both companies started with a single evergreen product. You have watches and books. And then, they, of course, they expanded into these product ranges to include everything under the sun. Well, there's also the fact that Sears made the transition to brick-and-mortar retail after decades of success as this, you know, delivery-based company. And now we see Amazon starting to do the same thing. It's interesting to see the future of retail start to almost resemble its past. Yeah, and, you know, if you think about it, Amazon would probably be smart to keep an eye on those similarities. Because while the two companies find themselves in drastically different situations today, it is worth noting that Amazon is only in its 20s at this point. <laughs> who knows where it'll be a century from now? Yeah, and who knows where Sears will be for that matter? All right, well, even if the company is truly on its way out now, the, the market made on American culture will be with us for a long time to come. Definitely. But for now, what do you say we partake in another beloved cultural institution? And that's the fact off. All right, let's do it. Okay, so I'll kick us off. In the uh, 1960s, the CIA was trying to find a good way to compensate Vietnamese spies that were assisting them. And paper money really didn't do them any good, and so they had to find another way. They then discovered that they could pay them with items available from the Sears catalog. <laughs> I like that. So I, I feel like we need at least one fact about the Sears Tower in Chicago. And I know it's called the Willis Tower now, but I'm going to join the 50,000 people who signed a petition to try to have the name changed back. Now, it may not be the tallest building in the world anymore, but here's something it could still hang its hat on. The Skydeck bathrooms at 1,353 feet are actually the longest trip up from ground level of any other bathrooms in the Western Hemisphere. 
And that doesn't mean they're the highest in elevation, just the farthest from wherever the ground level is. That is pretty high up to get to a bathroom. Hopefully there are <laughs> bathrooms on other floors before nope. you get there. <laughs> no, that's it. All right. Well, one of the things we didn't really talk about Sears selling in its catalog was insurance. And I don't know if you remember this, but Sears actually founded Allstate back that's in the crazy. 1930s. Yeah, I didn't remember that. And they'd offer auto insurance deals in the catalog. Now, Allstate is, of course, no longer part of Sears. They've been completely independent from them for, I think it's a little over 20 years or so now. So want to know something else that used to be in the catalog that I don't think you'll find Sears selling anymore? Opium. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they're selling that. Maybe that's going to be their turnaround plan. We'll see. Well, just because the Sears catalog isn't what it used to be, there's obviously no shortage of catalog mailing going on these days as we all experience at this time of year. So I was looking it up to see how many catalogs are mailed, and there'll be about 11 billion catalogs mailed out in the U.S. alone this year. That's crazy. So just last month, Sears announced it would be bringing back the Wish Book this holiday season. It hasn't been printed since 2011, and it's just a 120-pager. It's only going to a select number of loyal customers, but it's apparently also available on the Sears app. Wait, what are you doing? I'm on the App Store. I'm trying to download the Sears app. <laughs> Who knew Sears had an app? All right, I'm distracted, so I'm, I'm going to give you the fact off. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And and while Will's staring at his phone, I want to thank all of you for listening today. Don't forget, we love to hear fun facts from you guys. You can always email us at parttimegenius at howstuffworks.com, or you can call us on our 24-7 fact hotline. That's one eight four four pt genius You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. And, hey, if, if you liked what you heard today, feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again for listening. Part-Time Genius is a production of How Stuff Works and wouldn't be possible without several brilliant people who do the important things we couldn't even begin to understand. Tristan McNeil does the editing thing. Noel Brown made the theme song and does the mixy-mixy sound thing. <laughs> Jerry Rowland does the exec producer thing. Gabe Luzier is our lead researcher with support from the research army, including Austin Thompson, Nolan Brown, and Lucas Adams. And Eves Jeffcoat gets the show to your ears. Good job, Eves. If you like what you heard, we hope you'll subscribe. And if you really, really like what you've heard, maybe you could leave a good review for us. Did we, did we forget Jason? Jason who? Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring Bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.